Welcome back. Uh, tonight we're going to be back in the book of John. Uh, John and Ruth were a little easier to get my brain wrapped around this week uh, than the book of Judges, so we're going to stick with where we were in the book of John, and we're in John chapter 6, remembering that Christ has now just come off of the teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, where he's fed 5,000 uh, with five loaves of bread and two fish, and they gathered up the 12 baskets. He's then sent the disciples away into a ship and gone, sent the multitude away and come to the disciples walking on the water in the middle of the storm. And we looked last week that you know, Christ knew he was sending them into that storm. He knew what was going to happen, and he sent them there on purpose. And um, it was for their edification, for their uh, knowledge, for their learning, and to help them grow in their faith. Today we're going to continue on as Christ has now gotten to the other side of the shore and those that, have, that are seeking him are, have found him. And we touched on it just a little bit at the end of the day, uh, end of the night last Sunday night, that um, they were seeking because they had eat of the loaves and the fishes, not because uh, they really wanted to serve God, but they're seeking because they wanted something from God. And this is going to continue on as we continue through the passage. We're not going to get through all of chapter 6 today. But we're going to get through a good part of it. Um, found a good stopping point. So John chapter 6 and verse number 27 is where we're going to start. And Christ is teaching uh, these that have followed him across the sea. And he says, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him who he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What doest thou? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven, and giveth life unto the world. Then say, said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me, and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the, will, the Father's will which hath sent me, that all of which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Let's pray. Father God, we love you, and we thank you so much for your love and your care for us, Lord. We thank you for your cross at Calvary. We thank you for your provision and your guidance and direction in our life. Even when we refused to follow you, you were still there guiding and directing, pointing us to your Son. Lord, help us today to see uh, 
everything that you would have for us in this text. Help us to see the truth of your word. And then, Lord, help us to have the faith to follow it. So, God, please, guide and direct tonight. We love you and we thank you. We ask these things in the name of your precious and holy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, again, as we opened up, we remember that last week the Jesus had come across the sea. The disciples had tried to row through the storm, and Jesus had come to them walking on the water. And we see that interaction in Matthew, that interaction with Peter of Peter getting out and walking on the water and then taking his eyes off Christ and, and sinking, but Christ being right there to, to pick him up. And then immediately when Christ entered the ship, we saw that they were at, at the shore. They were at their destination. And the next morning, the people saw that Christ was not where they had left him, but they figured out that he had gone to the other side and they followed him there and they began to ask him all of these questions. And he begins to teach them. And we ended last week with verse number 27, where Christ says, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. We understand that that meat is not just physical meat that feeds us, but it's the spiritual meat of the Word of God. It's that difference between a, a young Christian and a mature Christian. It's somebody that can walk in faith and take God at His Word follow him and do what he wants what God wants us to do so then as we get into this to this afternoon this evening uh, they again these people that are following I won't call them disciples but these people that are following again ask a question and they open with verse 28 they said unto him what shall we do that we might work the works of God and they're speaking of the miracles They, they want to be able to do the miracles and we looked at that a little bit this morning when we, we saw the passage with Simon the, the sorcerer and uh, how he had gotten saved and, and gotten baptized as Philip preached and, and then he meets up with Peter and, and he tries to buy this gift of the Holy Spirit. He tries to purchase it instead of uh, understanding that he already had the gift. Peter had prayed and the Holy Spirit had come down on all of them but instead of tapping into and using and trying to find that gift in himself, he tried to buy it. He tried to take the easy route. And here, <clears throat> these people are doing the same thing. They, they don't want the work of following Christ. They don't want to take up the cross and follow him. They want to just be able to do the great and miraculous works of God. And it's like uh, the, the lawyer that came to Christ and, and said, what must I do to be saved? And Christ said to, to, what does the law say? And he goes through and he gives what the law says. And he says, all these things have I done for my youth. I've kept the whole law. And Christ says, go and sell all the, the you have and take up your cross. Give it to the poor and take up your cross and follow me. And he goes away angry because he's very rich. Because he had missed commandment number 10 and commandment number 1. Because he was putting his money and his possessions above God. And he was being covetous of what he had. But he also didn't want to put in the work. He didn't want to live a destitute life, the nomadic life that Christ and his followers lived. He just wanted the glory and the honor. And that's where we're at today with these people. Um, Again, we must understand that they're still seeking these things in a very superficial way. They want the ability without the responsibility. We looked at Ruth this morning and we saw... Uh, the God's provision for the poor and the fatherless, for the widows and the strangers, 
as he instructed Israel to glean, to <clears throat> reap the field, but to leave the corners and to not not pick the every kernel of the field when they reap, so that it was provided for those that were in need, so they could go out and they could work and they could be useful and they could gather for themselves. But this, however, we understand that this required work. In the book of Exodus, when the Jews cried out to God, we, Christ speaks of it here, or they, the Jews speak of it here, God gave them manna in the wilderness, but they had to go gather it. They had to follow God's rules. Not only could, had, did they have to go gather it, but they had to go gather only so much. They had to gather exactly what they needed so that they could have it for each day. And then on the sixth day, they gathered double so that they had it for the seventh to keep the, the Sabbath, uh, God's Sabbath. But they're missing the fact that they had to work for it. The widow and her son, uh, we know the story of, it's either Elisha or Elijah, I always get them mixed up, that went, God sent him to the widow, and she's, when he finds her, she's out gathering uh, sticks together, two sticks together to build a fire to make the last cake, to use the last meal. And uh, the prophet says, make for me first. And God provided that when she made for the prophet first that the meal never ran out and the oil never ran out. It continued. But every time she had to make for him first. She had to do the work and put in, have the faith to deal with him first before her prayer could be answered. Or the widow that had borrowed that uh, her husband had died and, and her sons had died and the, or the, and the collectors were coming to take her daughters and she was trying to pay off the debt and, and the prophet said, go gather as many vessels as you can and fill them with, uh, take what little oil you have and fill the vessels and go and sell it. So she took and she gathered all the vessels that she could from her neighbors and she uh, began to pour that little bit of oil that she had left into each vessel. And it filled each vessel until she ran out of vessels. And then God went and, and or God told her to go and sell it. And it was enough to pay off the debt and for her to continue to live. But she had to pour into each vessel. She had to look at the meager beginnings of what she had and the giant task that was in front of her and she had to take that step of faith and walk out on God and follow God. These people are not wanting to do that. They're wanting to skip to the end. In their carnal way, they think that if God just if they can just do the works of God, they will be right. They're still stuck in that vision of the law and Christ is going to correct them on it here in just a minute but they're looking for the conquering king because they don't want to put in the work to follow the saving Messiah so we understand that it's all by faith all of the people that we just talked about they had to put in the effort of faith and I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm sure those of you that are here already know, faith is work. It's a struggle. It's, it's not an easy thing. But in verse number 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Faith is the work of God. Christ explains that belief on the one that God sent is the work that God wants them to do. But that faith and belief both demand action. 
the people were looking for a Messiah, but they weren't looking for the Messiah that they had to work for. They were looking for a Messiah that was just going to come and give them everything. This happens so much today. We, As we go out and we talk to people and we, we interact, everybody has their own version of God. And so many people want to take God and, and make Him into a God that they desire, one that will give them whatever they want. They pray about things. I was talking to uh, Carter the other day. Um, most of you have heard me talk about Carter Ledford from down in Missouri. And I was talking about him the other day, talking to him the other day, and he was asking me some questions. And, and I was reminding him um, the amount of work it takes to be an adult. Uh, the amount of work it takes to live on your own and, and the things that are required of you when all of a sudden you're not under your parents' roof anymore and it's all on you. And he was not ready for that. Um, he did not want to hear that. But so many people will take God's promises and and they'll mold them and they'll try to make them, they'll, they'll pray in a way that's where I was going with the Carter story. I advised him to pray, but I advised him to pray without any bias. Because so many times we go and we pray, we pray for something specific because that's what we think we want. And I've, I've said it here before, and it is kind of a joke, but I've talked about how many times I've prayed to win the lottery and why God has never let me win the lottery. It's because God, because God knows that if he ever let me win the lottery, I would turn into an idolater in a heartbeat. Uh, I would not do all of the things that I promised God that I would do. I would fail to follow through on all those things, and I would turn into the man that's going to build bigger barns and not understanding that I'm going to leave it to somebody else to fight over. So these people were looking for their conquering king that would just come and be benevolent and give them everything instead of a Messiah that they had to follow and follow by faith. That's the way it is today. Every other religion except for true Christianity is still looking for a savior of their own making. One that they can command, that they can uh, take and leave whenever they want. They're looking for fire insurance. Christ is going to give these, uh, or the, the Jews now are going to ask for evidence uh, of this. Verse number 30, they said, Therefore unto him, what signs showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What doest, what dost thou work? How many signs do they need? I mean, Wyatt is learning how to drive. Slowly, but he's learning. But Wyatt, if we're driving down the road and you see a big sign with a town name on it and a number behind it, what does that mean? How far away the town is. It means that that town's coming up in the direction that we're traveling, right? How many times do you need to see that sign before you figure out that there's a town coming up by that name in the direction that we're traveling? One. It's, that's why we have signs. Here, they, they've, these people have seen... Christ multiply the loaves and the fishes and take up far more than they had started with. He's seen them, 
the disciples, the apostles have seen him walk on water. They've heard of the healing of the lame and the blind. They've heard of uh, the, the water into wine at the wedding of Cana. They've heard of all the miracles of, of the Messiah. And yet they still don't believe that he is who he says he is. They still believe that there are people in this world that can do those things. It takes me back to Egypt. When Moses was trying to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, and he would go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go, and Pharaoh would say no, and God would put a plague on him, or, or give Moses and Aaron some miracle to perform, he would look to his sorcerers, and they would do the same thing. He couldn't understand that these were men sent from God. These people are just refusing to believe that these men, that, he, that he's, Christ is sent from God. They asked Christ about the manna. <clears throat> that was a sign from God. God, God gave them the manna. And, and for some reason, the Jews go back to that often throughout the, the Gospels. They go back to the law of Moses and they go back to the manna, but they refuse to see in the law of Moses and in the manna the picture of Christ himself. Again, we talked about when God gave them, when they, when they, they whined and complained against God, God gave them manna, but they had to go gather it. He didn't just suddenly make it appear in their, uh, in their bowls, in their houses. They had to go gather it. They had to follow God's rules. God gave them the law to walk by, to, to live by, to show them what was coming, to show them Christ, and yet they refused to see it, and they refused to obey it. I mean, we've been going through the book of Judges and through the book of Ruth, and we've seen uh, Israel's disobedience time and time and time again. And once we get out of Judges chapter 5, immediately in chapter 6, immediately after Deborah and Barak finish singing their song, they're going to do evil inside of the Lord again, and they're going to fall into sin and be sent uh, into captivity by the Midianites, or under the Midianites. But God, Jesus reminds them here that it was not Moses that gave them the manna. Moses, the giver of the law, is powerless to provide. The law is powerless to provide for our salvation. The law is simply a picture. Christ reminds them or tells them that he is the true bread. Christ is trying to teach them, these Jews, this lesson, and they're still not learning. They're not wanting to learn. He reminds them that the Father has given them the true bread, that it was God in heaven that gave them the manna, and it's God in heaven who gave them Christ. And the picture here is that manna in the wilderness gave life. Remember, they were... They were murmuring against Moses in the wilderness because there was no food. They ran out. Now, don't forget that they ran out because God had taken them straight to the promised land and showed them a land of milk and honey. And when they lacked the faith to go in and take the land, he turned them around and now they're wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Again, because of their lack of faith and their unbelief, they were in the position they were in. And now God is sending them Christ. And because, again, of their lack of faith and their unbelief, they're missing the opportunity that Christ is offering them. 
Christ is offering them a chance at an eternity where there's no hunger, there's no need for food. Life eternal. 2 Peter 3.9 is important for us here in this, this context. Hebrews, James, 1st and 2nd Peter. 2nd Peter 3 and verse number 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Christ tells them as He's uh, proclaiming Him, proclaiming himself to be the bread of life, he goes on to tell them that uh, the Father has given it to them. And they have seen and not believed in him. Verse number 37, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. And then again in verse number 40, And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. God is giving them the opportunity, and they're failing to see it. He is giving them the opportunity to see and follow the Messiah, to put in the work of faith. Now, now faith is not a work. I keep saying the work of faith, because faith is effort. But faith is not a work that gets you into heaven because it is only by faith that you can enter into heaven. But faith is effort. It takes personal sacrifice. It demands obedience. It demands action. And the Jews just miss it. Verse number 42 is probably the saddest verse other than them crying, crucify him. Verse number 42 says, And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? And we have to understand here at this point that they're willingly ignorant here. They know that Joseph is the man that was chosen by God to raise Christ. And if they know that, they know the story. God didn't hide the story of Christ's birth. It was not a secret. There was a star that came and shone over Bethlehem that guided the wise men from the east to Christ. The Gentile king that was ruling over them at the time knew and understood that when the wise men came that there was something different. And... He sought the other he sought his men and they were able to tell him that the Christ child was going to be born in Bethlehem. The night that Christ was born, angels appeared to the shepherd, a multitude of angels appeared to the shepherd in the field proclaiming the birth of Christ, and they left their flocks to go and see the, the newborn babe. This story was not in secret. Yet here they choose to see Christ as the son of Joseph. They're making a choice. 
They refused to understand that no earthly man could possibly do the miracles that Christ was doing because they didn't want to put in the effort that was requiring if they believed on him. So many today are just as ignorant. I myself looked at this world believing that it could happen by chance. And I refused to see the perfect design of a creator before God finally broke my heart. Now Christ is not done with this teaching. It's going to continue. And we're going to see another very sad verse at the end of uh, chapter 6. But we can't miss the fact that faith is the work that God wants from us. That faith is what He desires. And faith is what will show us the true meat of the Word. Faith is what will show us and allow us to do the works of God. I know this has kind of been on repeat, but and maybe this is all just for me. But this is a this church, this reaching into this community is nothing more than a step of faith. And it's going to require a lot of faith from us. So Christ is giving this teaching just after the disciples have been on the boat and Peter has lost his faith and began to sink and the rest of the disciples the rest of the apostles didn't even want to get out of the ship and I think he's trying to help them to understand what is required so I hope today that we can understand what is required as we continue through this we just have to keep going I'm, I'm going to be honest I wanted to pack up and leave yesterday at 5.05 when nobody else was there. But that's not that's not faith. We're going to have days where we're like we have days like Stephen and we're going to have days where we have days like Philip. We just have to continue and continue to walk in faith. Continue to serve him in faith.